This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk, and this is the first show of the new year, 2019. We are ready to go. Anyone that is an avid listener to the Fight Disciples here on Radio City Talk on a Tuesday evening will know that the back end of last year we celebrated in style. We had a tremendous 2018, loads of records broken, both in the boxing ring. And in the mixed martial arts cages, of course, we had two of our lads, Tony Bellew and Callum Smith, fighting for Ring Magazine belts. Never, ever done before in boxing. Tremendous stuff. That was like the pinnacle of an incredible year in the ring. And over in mixed martial arts, Darren Till made two massive inroads for the city. The first scouted in history to fight for the UFC championship belt out in Dallas. And prior to that, of course, he dragged the octagon for the very first time to Liverpool, to the Echo Arena. What a year it was, but you know what? It felt like a bit of a setup year for me. It felt like the 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 starter before the main course. Loads of breakthroughs. Ended the year with just one world title belt, just one British champion. But you know what? I've got a feeling 2019 is going to be absolutely massive for both boxing and MMA. And I'm delighted to say I've chosen probably the biggest. I was going to say most talented, but he's definitely one of the most talented, but he's certainly the biggest as well. Uh Fighter out of this city, out of Merseyside, who himself had a memorable 2018, I'd like to say. But 2019 is promising so much money. I'm, of course, talking about the heavyweight himself, Biggin, David Price. Welcome to the studio, my mate. Thanks for having me. The perfect guest, I would say, (laughs) for the first show of the new year. And uh, 2018, when you look back on it now, from a personal point of view, um, loads went on, loads of inroads. Ended it, of course in fine style but would you do you look back on it now positively or yeah Yeah, definitely I mean a year a year is a long time in life obviously but in but in boxing my last year you know the the difference between probably this day last year and today this year is like night and day um and it's all because of the opportunities which which fell into place for me so last year what I have three fights yeah I had three fights I lost two you know, uh, won one just before Christmas. The two that I lost were, were obviously disappointing, bitter pills to swallow. Um, but you know, overall, uh, I, perf- I performed. I was starting to perform again. You know, when in whether or not I lost or won. So that was one positive to take from it. And now going into this year, it's you know it's really promising. This time last year, I was I was sat in um, John Moore's University with. Joe McNally and Elliot uh, Hall, who trains the strength and conditioning side of things. And I didn't have nowhere to go. And I, and I was like, you know, what am I going to do? Um, I'm, I'm finding it difficult to be motivated. I don't know whether I can keep doing it type of thing. I was in a really, really bad, bad place. And I had the same conversation with my wife, Jade, when I, when I got home. Um, you know, I was like, I may, I may just have to bite the bullet and kind of go back to work. Whatever, or do whatever I need to do, because there really was nowhere to go for me. Um, I was just frustrating time to be a boxer, to be honest. And then, literally the very same day, the phone rang about the Pavekin fight, and and obviously we went on to do that, and 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 the thing in September as well, and finished the year with with a win. So this year, you know, it, it's like uh, my name is back out there. Yeah, you know, I've got a fight lined up for the end of March. I've had other fight offers. I feel I feel good. I, you know, I'm in a good I'm in a good place. I'm excited for the future now. Um 
Uh, what a difference that year's made. Yeah, what I loved about you personally in 2018 is there's something that sounds daft, but I haven't seen it for a while, and that's you smiling. Yeah. You were happy. Yeah. You know, yeah. every time I spoke to you, you were mm. buoyant, you were in mm. good spirits, you were enjoying training, you were enjoying mm. being in the gym, you were enjoying taking fights, mm. you know, and, and they were big fights. Pavekin was a yeah. massive fight. The guy beat mm. you and went and fought Anthony Joshua for all the belts. He did. It doesn't get any bigger than that. You're at the no. very top of the sport. It was 90,000 people, um, you know, chief support for the for the unification heavyweight title fight. 90,000 people in the arena, you know, it, it was it was big and it was kind of it was that what gave me the buzz back you know operating and and fighting on them them events it was it was something different about it the fight week and everything the build up to it it was it was it was really really um kind of an addictive thing it wanted you go to go back for more um when you consider you know my biggest fights have probably been in the echo arena Obviously, you had fought at Goodison Park, but it was might have been a couple of thousand people in there because yeah. it was an early, an early fight. Biggest fight would be in the Echo Arena. And then when this Anthony Joshua phenomenon is taken off and the matchroom thing with Eddie Yearn transforming boxing really, mm-hmm. I've, I've been sat on the sidelines watching. You know, I had a fight on ITV box office against Christian Hammer, which just went under the radar, but I had to take the fight. You know, because options were limited, and then I had a fight in Brentwood Leisure Centre in Essex yeah. on an MTK show live on YouTube streaming. Streamed, yeah. So it was it was really low key, um, and I'm sitting watching people get the benefit. You know, the the benefits trickle down from the top. From so you're talking the the, the elite fighters, Anthony Joshua, and and the the top fighters that are pay per view fighters, but the benefits trickle down to the to the fighters further down. The ladder, i.e., myself, but I, I, I weren't getting the opportunity, and then all of a sudden I got a taste of it, and you know I was like, "This is where I need to be at," you know. Um, but obviously, I lost the fight. As I won the fight, I probably I may well have got a got a shot at the title, but obviously it didn't. I lost, and then I was back to square one, going to fight on another MTK show in uh, Bolton in July. Fell through. And at that time, you know, I was starting to get a little bit disillusioned again because it was kind of like, all right, I got the Pavekin fight, but I'm kind of back to where I was before that. Yeah. You know, I asked if Eddie in to do something with me, as in get me a couple of fights to get going again, and he he wasn't interested, which is which is okay, it's understandable. Um, and then, obviously, the Russians came back with the Kuzman thing, um, and although it weren't ideal going into it. It's turned out to be, it's turned out to be a good move. Um, that fight, taking that fight, because obviously, you know, I lost the fight. I went in with an injury yeah. and, and poor preparation, and you know, I've explained in the past that we've had a conversation before it, myself and the trainer, um, about what he'd do at his discretion if he thought it was going to start becoming a problem. So I got out the ring, all right, yeah, I lost, I injured, whatever, um, but. In in taking the fight because because it was put on me so late, I said, "Well, look, if I do take this fight, because it really wasn't ideal, you know, a lot lot more to it than than I'm, I'm telling you as well." I said, "If I do take the fight, you're gonna have to give me a fight to get going again. Mm-hmm. If I don't win, yeah, yeah." So Matchroom agreed to that. 
which was the Tom Little fight. Gotcha. So now I've beaten Tom Little, and now I'm on another matchroom show. So in a way, I did get a little bit of a deal yeah. with matchroom because I've been on the last three shows. Mm-hmm. Went on March 30th in the Echo Arena again. You know, I've, I, I, that's that's what I'm looking for to build momentum. Of course. Get a couple of wins, two, three wins on the bounce, and then take a nice fight where I'm going into it with a real chance. Not not like, you know, getting off of Carlos Tackham for December. Yeah. Um, instead of Tom Little for, for, you know, plenty more money. But mm-hmm. the odds were in his favour to beat me. Yeah. And I want to play the game where the odds are in my favour until if, if the, ad, the odds are in the opponent's favour, I want to be compensated for it. So I can, I've got a little bit of breathing space now where I can, where I can do that. Um, and play the numbers game a little bit and you know it's good because I've still got a bit of time to do that mm-hmm. you know I'm not in any I don't need to snatch your fights yeah. like I did look the Pavekin fight I weren't, I weren't ready for that because I'd had one win at six rounds with uh, uh, on, on the Essex show yeah. weren't ready for that I had to snatch at it because you know we've got to put food on the table and the, the call might not come again exactly yeah. exactly and then the Cusman one uh, you know that was just like that was a gift you know when if you're talking about finances things like that I, I, I couldn't say no um, and and obviously what was going to come off the back of it because if I would have won the fight yeah the, the deal was the fight after was like silly money so they, they dangled the carry but you know didn't pay off but, but at the same time it's led me to where I am now Um Got that win, and and it's great what a win can do for your confidence. Of course, it, without even even thinking, yeah. I've just won. You just feel better. You just feel more. Even though it was a fight that you know most people expected you to win. Yeah, of course, you know. of course, yeah. But, but at the end of the day, the sport's about levels, and you were levels above Tom Little. It is, people yeah. Know that, yeah. So. I I knew that going in, but I still had to go in and, and do the business. But it, it was it was also the 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 way it. Apply myself in training before the fight as give you it can also give you the the confidence and and the momentum again to to build on that raise the bar build on that so I'll be in the gym after straight from here because at this stage I don't really want to be training for fights yeah. I want I want to just it's my lifestyle it's a lifestyle thing I want to be ready not ready to fight all the time but ready to go into training camp all the time. And feel good and feel healthy because, you know, thirty-five may have may have three three years left if if it can stay at a decent level. Um, so yeah, uh, no major us, no need to snatch at things, and the opportunities now are like, it's it's mad. You yeah. know, the ITV have come on board. Yeah. You know, you've got Sky the, the Zone. It's great for the fighters. Now, if I would have walked away from boxing a couple of years ago. And seeing this happening now, it's going into a bit of a golden age. Yeah, yeah where absolutely. And the heavyweights are coming back in a big way. They really are. And and when you when you look back to when myself and the lads turned professional, it was it was at a time of a global financial crisis. If you remember, yeah, if you yeah. really remember, because you were dealing with, with you were dealing with all of it. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, the Satanta thing with they making and things like that, and they collapsed as 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 part of the global thing. Yeah, that was who I was with. Now. We we turned pro at a difficult time where it wasn't very lucrative. No, maybe as four years earlier when Amir Khan was turning pro, 
And so, BBC was still involved. Everything was wrong. It was all happening, yeah, you yeah. know. And then it kind of... Don't forget, it transitioned then, didn't it? Because Sky got rid of everybody and just said to the Hanes, right, it, yeah. we're just going to work with you. Stop the and pay-per-view it, and everything. It took a slow time for Matchroom to build it, it back did. up again. It did. So, you know, I could have been looking at that, kicking myself, saying, oh, I missed the boat there, you know. It's like um, you were active during the hard times, and now you're missing the gold rush. Exactly, <laughs> but now I've, I've I've persevered and I'm gone in there, and now I'm I'm hoping I'm gonna gonna um, you know enjoy, enjoy the rewards like everyone else's. I think 2018, you've you know you you say there from a promotional standpoint, it was a win year. You know the Pavekin performance, the Kuzman performance, it allowed you to negotiate the Tom Little, which is now forwarded to the Echo in March. But from a fan performance. From a fan's perspective, I should say, 2018. Yes, you were in. Yes, you lost two out of three. But both those fights that you lost were super entertaining. You had Pavekin rocking. He was on his heels. He fell against the ropes. The referee's not standing in. There's a few more seconds left in that round. It gives fans plenty to go. Oh, this is happening. This is happening. And then likewise, Kuzman. Four of the most entertaining rounds I've seen yeah. since you turned pro. Yeah. And then it's the injury that pulls yeah. it out. So yeah. from a fan thing, we're going. Yeah. You're happy. We're happy. It's happening. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great, and the Pavekin, the Pavekin thing, you know, it, it's Anthony Joshua caught Pavekin with a similar shot, but he wobbled forward to Anthony Joshua. Yeah, for him to just hit him again. If only he'd have done that for me. It's all lives <laughs> yeah, and buts, isn't it? But but I still I still think if I can just take it fight by fight and, and apply myself properly, who knows where I can find myself? You know, where I could find myself in in a, in a decent fight and. Um, you know, we could surprise, surprise us, all of us. But you know, I've said this for many, many times before. I've lost six fights now. You know, um, but the six fights I've lost, apart from the Pavekin one, I wouldn't say I've lost to the to the better man. I've, I've beaten myself mm. on, on on a couple of occasions by not being prepared properly, and 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 emptying the tank too early and, and running out of energy. You know, being knocked out by drug cheats. It's uh, there's a lot of uh, at least it, it's a story, isn't it? And the thing with me, I'd, I'd like to think people do want to see me for the reason you've just said because I do bring entertainment. Mm-hmm. And there's always the the curiosity of is he gonna perform to his full ability? Because if he does, you know, it's gonna be good. Yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna get a good result. So I want I want to deliver that. That's yeah. what I want to be able to deliver course you're listening to fight disciples on radio city talk that i'd say i'm joined in the studio still by the heavyweight sensation himself big year ahead for david price uh stick with us after the break and we'll ask pricey about his christmas and we'll find out what santa claus brought down the chimney for him and i'm also going to ask him about a little bit of news as well one quite concerning bit of news for certainly for amateur boxers in this country and and worldwide actually is the threat to amateur boxing tournament being pulled from tokyo 2020 uh, I'm going to get Pricey's take on that after the break. You'll listen to Fight Disciples. Stick with us. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. He's just joining me and delighted the same. Still joined the studio by heavyweight David Price. And uh, before we crack on, Price, I just want to ask you about your Christmas with the kids, with Jade. Did you have a, mm. did you have a good break? I had a good break, yeah, because uh, obviously the fight was the 22nd of December. So after every fight, I have, believe it or not, though, even if I've won, for the couple of days after it, I feel dead agitated. I don't know why. I'm dead irritated and narky and I don't know what it is. Is that, that bad... win, lose or draw? You just... Even when I win, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. 
I'm just just a little bit agitated. I don't know what. It's like it comes down from the fight. You know, you you have to hire the fight, and you've, what goes up must come down. And all week, your you, your adrenaline's just, just dripping away, and then fight nights, obviously, it's a massive adrenaline rush, and then the comes down. I get a little bit irritated, but by Christmas Eve, I was sound. <laughs> I had a little drink in front of the fire, and um, yeah, just just chills out. But yeah, we had a great Christmas. We had a uh, we had a wedding to go to over Christmas, James Morton, who used to uh, be my strength conditioning trainer. Yeah, yeah I, um, I used to spar with James Jamesy. when I did He's, the charity uh, thing. He, he got married to his, uh, his lovely wife, Natalie, so congratulations. Is he still at Liverpool them. or is he at the British Cycling, is he now? James or? Morton is... Um, He's gone from strength to strength. He's, yeah. he's he's really really intelligent fella, James. So he's now professor of nutrition, which is like you know doesn't get any any better for him. I don't think so. He's at Team Sky Cycling. Um, I think he's a, like an integral part of their team. So probably you know I was honoured to to have worked with him at, at that point in my career, considering what he's gone on to do. Um, so yeah, he he's flying. What about New Year? Do you have a, do you go out on New Year now? No. The kids are a bit older, or no, we. Um, we always try and spend Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve with the kids either way because yeah, yeah. it's a family time. So New Year's Eve, we had a we had a house party. So we had about thirty people in the house, all kids running around playing hide and seek. It was it was hectic, but come two o'clock, I was like, right, start phoning taxis and <laughs> dropping in here and there, and yeah. they were all gone by three. And um, I was I was I was happy for it all to be over because I had a busy time and I just wanted to. You know, get back to normal, get back in the gym, get get a bit of routine back in my life. But yeah, really enjoyed it. Good. Um, the performance against Tom Little, um, you know, it obviously didn't come to much of a surprise to most Liverpool fight fans, especially you, you, you looking forward to your seat, you know, get back in the win column, getting your hand raised. I was talking with Adam on the Fight Disciples podcast this week on our boxing show, our international boxing show. Um, and Adam was like, oh, I was gutted. I really wanted to see Pricey lay him out. I wanted Pricey to have that moment. And I was like, my, I come back and was like, I didn't need to see that. I didn't need to see Tom Little get stretched out of there. He'd gone anyway. He caught him. I thought it was a good stoppage. Yeah, I, I, can, I can understand Tom's frustration. Um, but the writing was on the wall. Yeah. You know, it was. And, and for what? You know, it was an eight-round fight. It wasn't a championship fight. The writing was on the wall. At the third round, I was starting to catch him more. You know, and... And if you if you watch the end of the fight, the end the end started a little bit earlier. Caught him with a left hook, centered in, and he started getting a bit desperate. Um, hit him with a few body shots, and then and then it clipped him top of the head, and he was gone. And it was only going to end one way. Um, but you know, he's got that to hang on to a little bit. Yeah. The frustration, you know, he's had yeah. done by instead of getting knocked out, at least he can be like, well, I was in that fight, and I, I got, I blame, got the cheated, referee. blame the referee, and it give him. You can go forward with. More, you know, le- less disappointment than he would have if, if I would have knocked him out. Yeah. Which I think I definitely would have. Um, I went, I went about to let him off the youth. But as far as the performance was concerned, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, you know, he eased in the first couple of rounds. Third round started to get me shots off, and I was just getting warm. Um, you know, so it was about getting a work back in the win column, which I did, and I could have took easier options than that because Tom can be tricky. Yeah. Um. Could have took easier options, but uh, no, we're, we're we're up and running again now, which is which is great. Yeah, I watched that. I was I was ringside of Frampton Warrington. I had it on the laptop, mm. watching it. Um, and again, you just look happy. You just mm. look happy to be back in there, enjoying it. Even Stevie you know, Lillis, who was sitting next to me, he's you know a friend of ours, works mm. at Box Nation and whatever. He was like, "Pricey, I know he hasn't had a winning year, 
but he's, he looks like he's had a happy year and I'm like, yeah. he is. He's got a smile <laughs> on his face and enjoying himself. Yeah. Do you, know when, do you know when you've prepared properly, like I did for that fight, you, you, you can, you know, yeah. you, you, you'll enjoy it more. Um, you know, the the Cosman fight, I went into the ring with a smile on my face, but in there, I weren't really enjoying it that much because I was struggling. Um, the injury and, and obviously the preparation, but but yeah, the, the other week, you can go into the ring knowing you've done everything you can in training. It's the, it's the best feeling. Um, and, and I won't go into a fight not feeling like that again, to be honest. Yeah. Obviously, March the 30th, up, 30th is up next, the Echo yeah. Arena. Yeah. Uh, any news yet on opponents? Anything else? Yeah. Is the conversations ongoing? Um, we asked for Lucas Brown after the last fight, didn't we? Um, and then it turns out Lucas Brown's team have come across with an offer to fight. Um over on Celestial TV, it's somewhere. ITV. In Australia? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's ITV in the oh, UK. Right, okay. um, so we, we spoke to Eddie Ayn, um about maybe, you know, what, what our options are there. So it's looking more like I'll be fighting on the Echo Arena show. Yeah. Not against Lucas Brown because, like I said, we called for it. We got offered it. But a different option is is presenting itself at this stage. So we're we're gonna we're gonna look at that, see what that one is. Um, is Lucas Brown with PBC? Is he? Is that why is he with? He's not with. That I don't way, think he is. is. You know, I don't think he is. I don't know where where it's come from. But it, but it, it was it's been spoken about anyway, um, which is good because yeah. you know whether it's now or or the fight after this one, it's definitely a fight that I want. You know, it's a, it's a fight that I want. Um, like I said, after the fight, I want to, I want to get in there and, and have a good tear up with him because I believe I'd, I'd put him, you know, believe I'd put him away. Um, so yeah, I, I think a few people want Lucas Brown, but a few people want me as well. It's all, it, it's all, it's all happening. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's looking like thirty of March, which is about less two days, two years over. Uh, sorry, two days over, ten years to the day I made my debut. Wow. I made my debut on 28th of March, 2009. Where them 10 years have gone, I don't know. But um, I didn't even think I'd still be a, a, pro. a pro of fighting it. It's 10 years. I, I thought I'd be happily retired, Tony Bellew style. But no, I'm still here. <laughs> Plus, you know, I'm still here, scra scraping and scratching now. But I'm enjoying it. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Um, but the one thing that Bill is missing on March the 30th so far is a headliner. Do you, do you think you'll be the headliner no. or is that's not the plan? No, I won't be. Um, I don't think I will be anyway. I, I think at I, the moment there's only Fowler Fitzgerald confirmed, which is yeah. a British title eliminator. Yeah. Um, and I think I think Robbie Davis could well be getting the European title shot on there, okay. which would be great yeah, for Robbie okay. Davis, of course, okay. British Commonwealth champion last year. But it, it, from the outside looking at the moment, it needs a headline. It needs one, yeah. It's, it, unless unless they come back to me with a, with a, a big name, I'm not going to be the headliner. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm 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 looking like I'm gonna be on it. Um but no, I don't that that's as much as I know about it. I'm I'm not I'm not a match doing fighter, am I? Of course. I'm, I'm like a freelance floater. Yeah. I just that's a great place to be. It is because you're getting calls about ITV <laughs> and this and now. that. But yeah. as you say, twelve months ago it wasn't a great place to be. <sighs> no, it ain't. But it is now. Um it's just why which why I'm you know I'm basking in a little bit. The uh in terms of this show, then moving forward, obviously, you're talking about getting back in the world title mix there this year. Would you consider going back to British Commonwealth route as well? Would you consider? Oh yeah, yeah. I going mean, back after uh, the Lonsdale belt. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. 
I'm not talking getting back into to the world title mix as in, oh, I want to fight for the world title, I want to win a world title, because I have to be realistic about things. But if, uh, if I can just take it fight by fight, like I'm saying, another couple of wins, i definitely get a big fight. Yeah. Definitely get a big fight. And I'll be prepared for it properly. I'll have momentum going into it. Win that, who knows? But as it as it stands, I mean, um, the British the British scene, we'll see what's what. You know, there's a there's a crop of younger fighters coming through, yeah. like your Gormans and your Dubois, and you know they they're gonna be hustling for the the British. They wanna fight each other. Um, I'm happy to let them have their their own little rivalry. I'm happy to fight the fringe level yeah. fighters at, at you know world level you know your Lucas Browns people like that yeah. That that's what I'm looking towards the British title unless it's unless it's really attractive to me I'm not really that interested in I'm not, not really interested in winning Lonsdale belt outright at this stage it's it's about it's about the business side of things for me at this stage so um, we, we'd have to see but I don't think that I don't think that opportunity is going to present itself yeah Going in a different direction. What about Huey Fury then, former world title contender? Huey Fury, yeah, um, he's with MTK. That that's a that's a potential fight that could be made, but nothing that's ever been mentioned to me. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a uh, I'm a I'm actually a, a fan of Huey Fury. I think he's a really good fighter, and for someone who's, who's so young, you know, carries himself well. He, he's he's tricky, you know. Uh, Fearless as well. He's fearless. He went and fought Paul Evans in his own backyard, which, yeah. which to me, a lot of other fighters weren't willing to do. And I know Paul Evans really well from from the train I've done with him. Listen, he's a serious, serious heavyweight. Um, you know, he, he's he's world world champion material. Cobra Paul Ev. He's you know he's every bit as good as Pavekin, if not maybe better. Mm-hmm. So you know that 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 was um, you know to go over there and put up a good fight when he had a mate. It was uh, was uh, and the court and everything else, so you know it was commendable. So yeah, there's 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 a handful of names, you know. There's, and then there's your Dave Allen's, yeah, Lucas Browns, Yuri Fiori's, you know. There's names across Europe. There's the American fighters are starting to 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 the um, Dominic Brazil's people like that. Yeah. There's loads of names, and and we all need dance partners. Which keeps saying, and then by the time. The likes of ourselves have fought each other. The champions start running out of yeah, challenges, of course. and that's just how boxing works, you know. So, and then you've got Derek as well. Derek, Derek's going to continue fighting. Yeah. Um, you know. So there's there's plenty of names. There's obviously we ended the year with that amazing performance by Tyson Fury over in the US. Um, when you've seen that, I think a lot of fans come out of that saying, "Well, he's the number one now." After doing that to 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 uh, to Wilder, after getting up like that in the twelfth round, after putting on that kind of performance, after so long out the ring and you know two warm bodies as a warm up and everything else, a lot of fans have, have suddenly threw Tyson Fury even ahead of Anthony Joshua. Obviously, before we get stuck into the fact that who do you think's the best out of all three right now? Where, where do you rank those three? I'm guessing you ranked them one, two, and three. Yeah, look, Tyson Fury was um, brilliant. And, and we know how good he is. The fight itself was in; it was absorbing. But until what round was it? Nine. Yeah. 
till round nine. That's when it really became a good fight, a really good fight. Yeah. But before that, it was it was your, your typical Tyson Fury fight. You know, fiddling, twitching. You know, he was, he was picking the rounds up, and then when the drama came in at the end, that's what got people entertained and. You know, it's been like the changing of the Emperor's clothes. Everyone's gone from being an anti-Joshua fan. Yeah. And now they like Tyson Fury. And it kind of happened on a smaller scale with me and Tyson Fury. When when we were, like, rivals, you know, Tyson Fury, blah, blah, Tyson. And then they all came over to me. We all ate Tyson Fury, you know. Yeah. And then, obviously, I lost. They went back to him. It just shows how fickle people are. And that's <laughs> what's happening now with the Fury thing. Fury's become like a, a darling of the nation. And and that's great for him, but I hope I hope I hope he can identify in his mind that it can it can flip the other way. Yeah. Just Change like it has to him in the past. So you after know, he beat Klitschko, don't forget course, he went from yeah, zero yeah, to zero. He, he shouldn't it, forget that. In the in the on the strength of a couple of interviews where he said the yeah. wrong thing, he went from a hero yeah. to a zero. He shouldn't forget that. Uh, and yeah. I don't think he will because he's not soft. But I think I think going off current form you, you Despite a lot of people's opinions, you, my, in my opinion, you'd you'd still put Joshua in at number one because of the wins he's had in the last eighteen months, mm-hmm. which was Klitschko, Joseph Parker, um, Pavekin. They're three goof. You know that that's a that's a Serious. great that that's a good that's a good uh, run of fights to win. And then Fury's obviously fought the two uh, lesser fighters. Yeah. And then drew with Deontay Wilder, so I'd I'd have Fury in at number two because really I think he he was the better boxer in the fight with Wilder. I think the draw was because of the the, the knockdowns. If you if you top the scores up, I think I still have Fury two points ahead or something. But you know you could you could argue for the draw, so I, I'd I'd put it in that order. Yeah, absolutely exciting times for the heavyweight division. Um, do you think at the end in twelve months' time, then if we're sitting here in twelve months' time, and those three do get to fight each other in, in one order or another over the next twelve months, who do you think ends the year as the undisputed champion? Fury. I think Fury's got the tools to uh, to beat to beat them all, really. You know, um I just think he'd keep Joshua off balance all night. And I've said this I've said this for ages. Um he's so twitchy. And faints and switch and switch, and Joshua reacts to faints. Mm. And if he's keeping him reacting and off balance all night, he can just burn his out. Pick, yeah, pick, pick the rounds up and win on points. And, and Fury doesn't seem to get tired. He just because he's so relaxed. Yeah. He doesn't load up on any of his punches. He's just you know dead relaxed and you know he's uh, it's in his blood, isn't it? Fighting, you know. So he's so comfortable in there. So I think he'd come out. Yeah, on top here. Oh, I just hope it happens this year. Yeah, me Absolutely. too. Me too. Yeah. And it's great that we're all excited and talking about the heavyweight division again. It is. It you is know? good. It is. We've been people have been crying out for it for years when the clinch goals were dominating, and and I do remember saying, when the clinch goals retire, the heavyweight division will become competitive again and interesting again. Whether there's a superstar or not, but there is yeah. because they've got the Joshua. But even then. 
because it, it was going to become competitive again and that would have got people more interested you know and, and everything else so it was only a matter of time and here we are absolutely yeah I think you can always t- measure how successful boxing is by the heavyweight division as well and while boxing's having a, a real resurgence at the moment you're only as strong as that heavyweight division it's great that it's absolutely blossoming as we go into 2019 you're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk please stick with us coming up after the break we're going to be talking a little bit of football you're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'll get through a little bit of news here before we crack on with the show. Delighted to say, still joined in the studio by David Price. We mentioned earlier, March the 30th, Matchroom are coming back to the city for a show at the Echo Arena. Fowler Fitzgerald's on there. Sounds like more than likely Pricey's going to be on there. And as I say, rumours around this Robbie Davis European title fight uh, with Joe Hughes. Uh, that is TBC, by the way. But still looking like it needs a main event, that car. But all the usual suspects on the undercard. Steve Wood 2 has announced two shows for early 2019. One on February the 23rd at the Devonshire on Edge Lane. And one on March the 2nd at the Olympia. Uh, I'm hearing Marcel Braithwaite versus Sean Cairns in a bit of a Merseyside derby is being penciled in for the former, the Feb 23rd date uh, at the uh, at the Devonshire. Again, those cards packed with local fighters, loads involved here. I think Stevie Brogan's defending his central area. Brian Phillips is signed with Steve Wood and he's coming back on that show. Uh, and I think Black Flash and Everton Red Triangle are doing a show on March the 2nd at Grand Central Hall as well. I'll give you a full notice of all those fights as we get a little bit closer. Over in MMA, Cage Warriors return to the Echo Arena on February 26th with another absolutely scouse-packed card. That is Cage Warriors 101. Um, Mick Stanton from the city is on there. Elliot Jenkins is on there. A few others Big fight that has that has really caught my eye though, and I'll definitely try and get both these lads on a future episode of Radio City Talk Show. Is Tim Barnett and Adam Venture, two Merseyside lads? They've been they've been drawn together. It's a one sixty catchweight fight. Again, I will try and get them into the studio, and we'll do a little bit of a face off before that event at the Echo Arena on February sixteenth. Now, before we crack on with boxing, big man, I just want to ask you about the Super Dupers at the moment. I am, of course, as a fellow copite, talking to you about Liverpool. There's a crisis, apparently. There's a crisis, Pricey. Without the FA Cup, we've just lost to Man City. Are you panicking? I'm panic-stricken. Panic-stricken. <laughs> no, do you know what? Um, I'm glad we're out the FA Cup. Yeah, I'm me gonna, too. I'm gonna be. I'm going to be straight. I'm glad we're not in the FA Cup. The FA Cup has lost its magic. It's not what it was, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, times move on and nothing lasts forever. So we're out the cup. We lost to Man City, yeah. But where we, you know, we were where they were drawn, in my opinion. You know, it was, it was a close four games. So it's not like we've been battered. So surely, surely the players are not in a bit of a dip, confidence-wise. Mm-hmm. Surely they'll look at it logically and say, you know, Man City, we hit the post. How did, how did that stay out? Yeah, the one that went through Salah's legs, yeah. You know, a couple, a couple of chances later on. Um, you know, surely they, they look at it logically, which I'm, which I'm sure they will. But the, the only thing I'm worried about now is I don't think Man City are going to slip up again. I think mm. they've had the bad patch. Um, 
And the energy they had against us was like but then, crazy. But then they had to have that energy. Because yeah. if they lost that game, yeah, forget about did, the league yeah, now. Yeah, You're yeah. gone. Yeah. That was a must-win game for them. As oh, you say, we were, Liverpool were close. We were close to beating them. So it was, hard to, it was hard to swallow, though, weren't it? Losing for the first time in the of league course. this season. So you get spoiled. And that's why I think you know the likes of the our older generations... I mean, you, you can probably remember Liverpool. 86, the I remember yeah, the so double, you can yeah. remember things like that. They were spoiled. Yeah. You know, them generations, me dad and that. And so when when they've had to go through nearly 30 years of a barren swell, all right, we've, we've been won the Champions League and been in finals and that, but we haven't won the league for 29 years this year. That must be hard to, to, to swallow for them. Yeah. You know, um, and yourself. So, yeah, um, you know, we've gone this far without losing, then you lose. It's frustrating, but they've got to just... They've got to, just, got to just carry on as they were. Um, Take one game at a time. I think they, one game at a time, and I think Klopp's brilliant for them. So I think he, you know, he's, he's got the right mentality. I just hope we do it. It's honest to God, because four years ago, I thought that was our chance, and we, we, you know, we, we blew it type of thing. Yeah. And I was like, my dad's, my dad's saying sixty this year, mad, mad dead. And I was like, he was like, I won't see Liverpool win, win the league again in my lifetime. This was four years ago, and I was like. This season, I'm thinking, come on, do it, do it for the likes of me, for me dad and fellas his age. Of course. You know what I mean? Who, who were thinking? Who were used to it? Who were used to it? Because I remember as a kid, a, a little kid now, primary school, I remember winning the league every year and thinking, why did, why did, why were the kids support other teams? I don't get it. And this is the same thing that pe- people in the 30s pro- who support Man United yeah. probably got the same opinion. Why did everyone? I remember that. I remember that, like, you know, sense of success. So to be in the position now with Klopp, with this team especially, like I'm trying to think back now to the to the Barnes, the, the Dalglish days to think, is this team now even better than the teams when I was a little kid? Because this team now is absolutely brilliant. The the two kids who've come in a fullback, Van Dyke is just a Rolls Royce of a footballer. You know, I even think Fabinho, he just looks yeah, sensational in the it. middle. You yeah. can see it. you can you can just the front tell. line speaks for itself, best front yeah. line in Europe. So I'm just um Lovren got injured, didn't he? Gomez is still out. Yeah. Matip's out. You know, times like this when the strength in depth, you've, you've got to look at it. Uh, Trent, brilliant. Trent, yeah. I just call him. Yeah. Arnold, but I just call him Trent. He, but he's from Larkhill. And it's great to see that there's still local quality coming through because once Gerrard and Carragher went, I was like, I don't think we'll see another Liverpool captain from the city yeah. because, because of the way things have changed. And, Going back to like the, the the great teams of the past, um, it's hard to say, isn't it? It's like asking if a fighter now would beat, you know, heavyweight now would beat Mahmoud Ali or whatever. But you know, if you've you've been and watched both, I'm sure you can make it make a fair judgment yourself. Um, but I think uh, uh, they are a joy to watch, and it's times like this when football's football's really enjoyable. But it's it's especially it's the business end now. You yeah. know, after Christmas is when it starts getting really exciting. Yeah. They put all the spades work in before Christmas. And you could see they were gonna take off. Even even though they weren't playing well, I, I could I could sense it was about to take off the way we were last season. Yeah. It's like the second half of last season. That's when we really started to put put things together and things started, magic started happening. I think that Salah same, just caught fire, didn't he? Yeah. He's, he's been quiet up he, until he, the last couple of weeks and now he's caught yeah, fire again. He has and then he was quiet against Man City, but I think that's because 
you know, they're, they're getting man marked. Yeah, I think sometimes like as well, you've just got to pay your respects and go, Man City are a great team. They, they they're are, a great team. Yeah, the midfield's brilliant. Yeah, that Fernandinho, I think he made all the difference in, in that match. Yeah, um, you know, Ryan he's had a great start of the season. He, uh, he'd really been good, I thought, especially early on, but he looked a little bit out of his depth uh, because that Fernandinho's. Just a level above, you know. But we're not going to be playing Man City every week, thankfully. So let's just keep our fingers crossed, eh? Because I'll tell you what, oh, it'll be so, it'll be some party if we do it. If if I could offer you two things this year, 2019, which one would you go oh, for don't, first? Don't, don't, Liverpool win no. the league, <laughs> or are you fighting for the world title? Ah, you can't do this to me, mate. <laughs> Jesus, what? Once upon a time, I probably would have said. Um, Oh no, I'm not even answering that question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's go to a more somber note then, because I want to get your take on it. Because I, I touched on it at the very start of the show, and this is the, a big concern that's affecting amateur boxing right now. And of course, yourself as a, a former Olympic medalist, I want to get your take on it. Tokyo 2020, the boxing program for Tokyo 2020 is very real under threat. Um, there's a big issue at the moment with the new Aiba president. Uh, who the IOC, the Olympic, uh, the International Olympic Committee, they do not want him in there. You know, they they've got their own their own kind of um, thought on who he is and where he got his money from. Let's just say he's you know his his background is very questionable. Uh, he's out of he's out of the I think he's Kazakhstanian, um, and they basically warned the IEB and said, listen, if you put this guy in as president, there won't be any boxing uh, at Tokyo 2020. Uh, they did the uh, thing in November, the election, and he got in. Um, he's, he's supported by Irish boxing, supported by USA boxing, as well as obviously right across Eastern Europe. Um, thankfully, GB UK boxing, we're, we're against them. You know, we, we we tried to go in a different direction, but unfortunately, anyway, it is what it is right now. Um, the Olympic Committee have subsequently come out and said, right, there will be no Aiba boxing at Tokyo 2020, but we, there may well be a boxing program, which starts to get very messy when you're hearing things like the WBC. Uh, the professional world boxing uh, council are now the, the the home of the green and gold belt, of course, and now in conversations with the IOC about putting some kind of amateur boxing tournament in place. It just all sounds like sounds like an absolute mess, pricey, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, and it's next year, isn't it? The Olympics, twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Next so summer. time is of the essence, really. So it needs shortened sooner rather than later. But it's good to hear that they've come out and said it is actually going to be. A tournaments, a tournaments in the Olympics because it's what every every amateur strives for, really. Apart from you know the ones who just want to turn pro and, and are not interested in the Olympics, but a lot of a lot of amateurs are, strive to become an Olympian, and it was one of the original Olympic sports in the ancient games. Yeah. So for it to be dropped from the the um, the IOC would have been a, would have been a disaster, really. But thankfully, you know, it isn't now. The mess needs tidying up, obviously, doesn't it? And there's, there's there's many different ways you could probably look and, and do it. But the the WBC and the the um, professional governing bodies, I'm not sure that'd be the best idea. Only because it's it's amateur boxing, and despite Aiba's reputation, they know how to run tournaments. They know how to yeah. to 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 deal with it all type of thing. Like are, better are, the bevel, better the devil you know a little bit. I'd I'd say so, but there are there are actually good people in Naiba. It's not all bad. It's just that 
the armies put on a lot of them to to. How does this happen favor. then? How, how do the Olympic Committee say, whatever you do, don't elect him as your president? Because if you do, you won't be doing the boxing at the Olympic Games. Well, mm-hmm. actually, at the point in time, he said, there won't be any boxing at the Olympic Games. And yet he gets voted in anyway. Yeah, uh, there's, 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 well, I can't explain it. You have to use your imagination. Yeah, it's you know. mental, isn't it? It's, um, there's a lot of backslapping, a lot of friendships in, in Aiba. One of the One of the things that used to stand out for me when I was an amateur was that a lot of, the strong countries in amateur boxing are from the old Eastern Bloc. So your Belarusers, your Lithuania, Lafayette, all, all them across the board, they all used to be the one country. Mm. And a lot of the judges are, are like 60-odd years of age, so they all knew each other. From they all had the they same all... USSR tracksuits on at one point. At one point, yeah. So, mm. you know, that that type of thing used to stand out for me. Not so, Not so sure about now. Um, but even the last Olympics, it was like littered with bad, bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. You know, Michael yeah. Conlon, for one, yeah. we were talking about him then just off air, it got, got absolutely robbed in the Olympics, and he mm. wasn't the only one. No, he wasn't. And, and it, it's, it's always, there's always been dubious decisions in the Olympics. Um, uh, even going back to like your Roy Joneses, and even beyond that, the, uh, if you if you um, look into it properly, that's always been there. So I, th- I think there always will be decisions like that, but it's when it's when sports are getting threatened to being thrown out. That's when the alarm bells start ringing. So they they need to find a way of electing a new president of Aiba by the looks of it, because the LC won't deal with him. Mm-hmm. And someone who's a stand-up fella because there are there are good people involved. You know, you look at Paul King. Paul King tried to go for the for the job. Yeah. And because he went up against the the existing um, president, which was the Korean guy, the Korean fellow who Trump, was there for Trump eleven Trump years. Or yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he because he even thought about going and going against him to get his job. He got sacked. Yeah. He got thrown out. So that's what you're dealing with. Um, but you know. I, I, it is a mess. I just hope it gets sorted. Yeah, for for you personally, do you look back on your Olympic experience as, as the bedrock for everything you've done since? Is, is it still the career pinnacle for you? Just to look back on it as an amazing time. Yeah, um, I think for me, I've always appreciated the fact that I can call myself an Olympian. Not so much the the medal side of things because a bronze medal, you know. I had to lose to win the bronze medal, uh, but but I'll probably appreciate it more in years to come. The fact that I won a medal, I'm still still proud of that. But to be an Olympian is a very very small percentage of people get to to call themselves that. Yeah. So if if boxing weren't in the Olympics, then a boxer wouldn't have the right to say I was an Olympian or I am an Olympian. You you'll always be an Olympian. So it was a um, it was a fantastic. You know, it was a, it was an interesting experience, different culture. You know, it was in the other side of the world. Although, a lot of the time when you're in the village, you know, the village would be the same in China as it is in Rio, as yeah. it is in wherever. It's it's pretty much standard. But um, I just wish I had a little bit of a different mentality in the Olympics when I was there. You know, I had a, I had a, I had a little baby daughter who was two at the time. I was, I was a pretty much homesick because we were away for that much time over the period um, and by the time the semi-finals come because of the because of the way me fighted 
occurred and I'd beat the world number one favourite in my first fight. And I was like, it was the best thing ever. It was difficult to come down and get back up again. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I got into the semi-final. I, I didn't even have any nerves going into the ring and you need that. Mm. I was too just numb. I beat the number I one. I was numb. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. a bit of a weird one. And it, I, I've said it before, it took me, it took me until I was British champion as a pro to let go of what happens in the Olympics. I used to sleep at night and everything, wondering why I performed like I did in the Olympic semi-final. And then, you know, in the end, when I had to move on and when I become British champion, I was like, look, you've got to let it go, which I did. But it was a bit of a bittersweet experience for me, the Olympics, for, for, for them reasons, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, let's just hope that there's many more fighters from, from this country and from this city that get the opportunity to be Olympians at, at Tokyo 2020. Peter McGrail, of course, is probably at the very front of that queue. Let's hope it gets sorted out in some way, shape or form because the Olympic Games without the Olympics next summer would be absolutely insane, summer 2020. Um, all that's less to say, mate, thanks very much for joining me. Thanks in the for me. Much appreciated. Yeah. Happy New Year. Congratulations on a big, happy 2018. Yeah. And uh, I know all the Fight Disciples are super excited to see what comes next for Big Pricey in 2019. Stick with us. As I say, if you want more from the Fight Disciples, we're all over social media, at Fight Disciples, and our boxing and MMA-specific shows, the specific podcast, me and Adam, are available to download via usual uh, podcast apps and I'll see you here next week thank you for listening if you like what you heard subscribe via iTunes